Echo Dispatch with Jason Lewis. Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Echo Dispatch. We have entered a new year and the podcast hopefully is going from strength to strength. To start 2022, we have a great guest who gained a lot of support following her appearance on television last year. Paul resident Maggie Richardson featured on the most recent series of hit Channel 4 show, The Great British Bake Off. Retired midwife Maggie enjoyed a whirlwind and unforgettable time on the show before being sent home in week four of the competition. Several months on from the popular show airing on national television, I sat down with the seaside baker to discuss her bake-off experience, how she ended up in the tent, as well as her career in the NHS. But first I asked, what had life been like since the bake-off? Oh, really very, very exciting. Since the bake-off, the lovely thing is being recognised by people. I think the people that watch Bake Off are the nicest people in the world. And so they are so enthusiastic and so kind and so nice. Despite all my disasters, people think I did wonderfully. And so um, that's been really good. Before the Bake Off, perhaps I wasn't what they call a passionate baker. Uh, since the Bake Off, I've actually become completely obsessed with baking. It's quite quite surreal, really, in that, and that also I'm trying to bake things that I've never baked before. It gives you the confidence to do things you've never done before. So thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying life after Bake Off. Definitely say that you've got a massive support base from the show, that's for sure, and um, they were very passionate about everything you were doing. Um, touching that you weren't the biggest baker before, so what was sort of led to your journey into Bake Off? So when did you apply? What made you apply? It, it was the start of lockdown, and uh, it really, really wasn't my idea, and it was my friend's idea, and she uh, phoned me one day and said, what's your date of birth? So I said, I'm not telling you, you know anyway, what are you doing? And she said, oh, you'll only say no, 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 I can't do that. And so I said, well, just tell me. And she said, uh, I'm, I'm, I've downloaded the application form for Bake Off. And so, of course, I said predictably, don't be ridiculous. I can't possibly do that. And she said, I knew you'd say that. And then I thought, I've thought about it once or twice before. Maybe I'll have a look at the form. Then I downloaded it. Then I filled it in. Then she asked to see it, uh, and I did spend ages, and just filling in the form is quite an insight into your own baking knowledge, baking ability. So I filled it in, she came round, had a look at it, and then she pressed submit. <laughs> and I thought, uh-oh, that's it, I won't ever hear again. And then um, the, uh, the probably one of the most exciting parts of the whole application process, which takes on and off about 10 months, uh, was the first phone call to say, Hello, this is Channel 4 Bake Off. Um, we loved your application. And I thought, oh no, <laughs> I think I'm going to cry again now, just with the remembered emotion of that moment. And um, where were you in that thing? Were you at home? Were you I was, out? I was at home, actually, yeah. yes. You just pick up the phone thinking, oh, what's this going to be? And then this, this wonderful man said, hello, Maggie, it's Channel 4. I just couldn't believe my ears. And then the process starts, of course. It doesn't just start and end there. There's a lot of rounds, baking quizzes, baking knowledge. You do things on Zoom, you make bread, you make pastry. They ask you secretly lots of questions. They just throw them in when they're talking about something else. Um, And then that culminates in um, a live audition where you have a technical challenge. Um, I went to London 
Um, great, great day, absolutely fabulous. You take uh, a cake with you, you take pastry with you, you take bread with you, so they can test it. They give you no feedback at all. They look at you completely cold, a bit like Paul Hollywood, and as if to say, hmm, don't know about this or whatever, but you get nothing. And then eventually you get the, the wonderful phone call that says, we'd like to offer you a place. Oh, amazing. And once it came to actually being in the tent, were you nervous at all about that side of things, actually? in front of Paul Hollywood, Prue Leaf and these incredible I, other bakers? I suppose never having done it before, and it's the one thing a bit like the 11 plus you can never do again, but you don't know what to expect. And yes, you've watched it on the television, but it's very hard to actually believe that you are there and you are doing it and you are one of the 12. And so when you see the tent for the first time, it is just so exciting and it's so pretty the decorations are simply beautiful and i don't think when you watch the television you see the tent as pretty as it is it really is beautiful um and then it was so exciting i don't think i thought about it the first week i really wasn't nervous at all but then you start hearing the judges going around saying things like, um, it's not uh, baked enough, it's a bit dry, it's a bit wet, it's not proved enough, it's proved a bit too much, it's a bit brown at the edges, it's a bit pale at the edges, and all the comments. And you actually start to absolutely doubt your own ability. So why in the fourth week, uh, my own recipe, it says bake for 12 minutes, why did I take it out at eight? Because <laughs> I thought, oh, I don't want to overbake it, underbake it. It's a bit like the, the children's story, you can't jump under it, over it, round it. And so it was, um, yes, nerve, nerves didn't come in until it goes through it. And it's, again, a matter of confidence in your own ability. I perhaps didn't really believe I ever should be there. The technical challenges, I should have done them. I could do them with my eyes closed, really. Uh, but you get nervous. I got nervous. And so the whole thing went a bit downhill after the first week where I won the technical the first week and then that was it. Yeah. And what was it like in terms of them waiting for it to go out? Because I'm sure you wanted to talk to everyone about it and like tell everyone how like the experience, but you're waiting and... Not quite sure how it's going to go out as a finished television show. Yeah, the filming is in May and June. And then, of course, the programme doesn't go out until late September, generally speaking. Um, you've had the secret for so long. And it actually, what some people were desperate to tell a lot of people, I actually, it became, in the end, my little secret. And I was a bit, I didn't want to share it in the end. I just wanted it to be mine because it was so much fun having that little secret. And I thought, oh, no, 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 it's mine. So only five people knew the whole time. And then when the publicity came out the week before the first production, then life changed. And actually, it was it was super, absolutely yeah. super fun. Obvious question, but what are Noel, Matt, Prue and Paul like in real life on the show? <laughs> maybe a different thoughts on different each of them differently, but maybe if you want to go through them one by one, I'll just summarise. Yes, sure. Actually, well, Prue and Paul, of course, um, are the judges. And they are, in real life, just just as they are on the TV, really. Paul Hollywood is actually really nice. And he, of course, they edit the programme so that it makes him look as though he's been a bit mean to you. But actually, he often follows up his comments with really constructive things. So actually, he's really, really funny. His facial expressions are uh, the funniest ever, really. And I think the slight despair when he looks at the technical challenges when he walks into the tent, I mean, it just was so funny. I think particularly, I think, for one of them, he, he walked in and he looked 
And I think the expression said, surely one of them can make breadsticks. <laughs> and it was really very, very funny. Prulip is probably one of the nicest women in the world. She's so kind, she's so helpful, uh, and she looks so beautiful. Um, so she is just this wonderful inspiration in the tent. And then you have Noel and Matt, for heaven's sake. You've got enough to think about with Noel Fielding wandering over and making funny remarks, but he is really spontaneously terribly funny. I could spend all day um, chatting to Noel. He was lovely. And Matt exactly the same. He would come over. They had a very different sense of humour, um, a very, you could expect, you saw them creeping up and you thought, oh, what now? <laughs> And so you knew you were going to get something different from both of them, but both thoroughly, thoroughly delightful and not really quite as annoying as um, they come across. <laughs> indeed. In fact, I, I could have spent all day with them. Indeed. I did note that you do still have some poor Hollywood baking books in your shelf there. So whatever he did say or went out on the show, it wasn't enough to put your throwing his books in the fire <laughs> or in the bin after the show. No, no. There was only the week that I, um, we were practicing, I was practicing caramel week at home and the whole thing was going disastrously wrong. So I did actually have a picture of Paul Hollywood up on a board and I threw caramel shards at him and I did send it to Channel 4 to the lovely production team and said, yeah, just show Paul Hollywood this if it was his idea because I hate it. <laughs> and so, um, so I don't think they ever used it and I hope they didn't ever show him, uh, but it was really, very funny. But I must say, I do use the Paul Hollywood books. Um, they are really very good. They are, they're foolproof. You can't go wrong. This might be a question you can't really answer, but who's your favourite baker on the show that you uh, had to bake alongside? Almost impossible. We're, there's 12 people in there. Of course, we were locked in a bubble. Uh, you're spending practically 20 hours a day with each other. So everybody has different personalities. Channel 4 choose people to be really different. And they're... There really isn't a lot of time in the bubble to get to know people that well, mm. uh, but we all we all just had um, we all helped each other. Everybody was really very funny. Uh, you could hear the the oh the disasters. Oh no, what should I do now? But you couldn't look round because you had to concentrate. So um, it was it was good fun. And uh, advice for anyone a potentially who wants to apply for Bake Off themselves and be anyone that just wants to pick up baking and maybe watch the show but never quite got the confidence to give it a go. I think that if anybody ever, ever thought about applying, then just apply. Download the application form in the, about the middle of the series. It will come up at the end of the show to download the application form. Just do it. The application form itself is fantastic. But if you're thinking, it's too late for this year now, if you're going to think about it next year, just practice pastry, practice uh, sponge cakes, practice sauces, and stop making your comfort zone bakes just open a book and make something different. So when your friend says, can you make a birthday cake? Can you do this? Do something different. Look at books. You can buy great books in charity shops. You don't have to pay the full price for them. And um, just practice, but practice different things and just go for it because it is the best, best time. How do you look back on the whole experience? Although it feels like it's just constantly evolving still, but how do you look back on actually the of being on the show and the show going out on air? Uh, looking back on it, I, knowing as much as I know now, particularly the environmental changes in the tent, um, I would so love to do it again. But of course you can't. You can't ever do it again. The, just the, the general 
fun of it was so good. It's quite inspiring. It means that now I get invitations to do some lovely charity things, which I would never have done before. And it's a great pleasure. I would just like to do perhaps some more with children, baking demonstration things. I've thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed. I never thought I'd be able to do it, but I can. The Echo Dispatch with Jason Lewis. Maggie provides an amazing insight into the Great British Bake Off process. What does the future hold for her? I put it to her that she would no doubt be an inspiration to many people around the country. Well, yes, I probably wouldn't want to admit that really, particularly because I left the flower out. But maybe, maybe, but that was one of the funniest things in that, of course, leaving the flower out, um, I then um, got onto the celebrity goggle box and the stand up to Cancer Channel 4's one. And so that was actually the oddest experience. Me watching my television, watching people like Graham Norton and Saran Jones, watching me on television shouting, Maggie, put the flower in! You know it's got flowers! So that was really very amusing. Um, but yes, just to maybe say to people, golly, if I can do it, you can do it. And I would love to help somebody through the process if anybody ever wanted to do it. Well, the offer's there for anyone listening. And this bit of a loaded question, because I know the answer in a slight extent, but... Um... Do you get recognised when you go out about in Paul? Um, and what's that been like to sort of get used to? Um, if anyone doesn't know, Paul Police put up a lovely photo of a couple of their officers, officers with Maggie um, in the park earlier in the year. And um, she told me a bit about earlier. But yeah, what's that experience like of being recognised? There's a lot of local celebrity, really. <laughs> it's very hard to imagine that one is a local celebrity. However, one, you, you do get recognised such a lot um, by people that are just so kind, so enthusiastic, so just utterly sort of lovely. I think the people that watch Bake Off are the nicest people in the world. And I think they also probably all bake to a certain extent. They know that any one of those bakers in the tent can have a disaster. Every one of those bakers in the tent is capable of winning it because you've had to get through the rounds, you've had to prove that you can make everything. And it's just who has the disaster on the day. And after all, it really is light entertainment and it's there for the fun of it. And I think even Prue Leith said, we don't want it all to go well, we want it to be a disaster. Wow. <laughs> and you're doing your best to avert the situation, however, doesn't always happen. Yeah, and the police didn't have any reason in the end to arrest you, I think. It's just to get the record out there. No crimes were committed. <laughs> well, I hope not. Yes. And um, obviously, we learned this from the show, keen on your tennis. How's the tennis? Have you had time in between your baking to keep up your tennis? Oh, funny enough, actually, probably not um, in the last couple of months, uh, just because it's timing and it's isolation and people have been really careful because of COVID. And so, yes, not so much, but probably next spring yeah. I shall go back. I shall hit with the children again. Bit of a New Year's resolution, maybe, to get back out on the court exactly. again. Also, we learned from the show, obviously, your incredible career working in the NHS as a midwife. That must be saying, you came across on the show, so proud of what you've done and being in that position for so long. I think I'm probably one of the luckiest people in that I loved every single second of work. Um, every bit of it was a complete joy. I think what you also have to remember with midwifery is that um, whilst almost all of it is absolutely wonderful, there are the, the sad times as well. And the sad times are probably the one a midwife remembers more than more than the happy times because there are fewer, fewer of them. And so all those people that the outcome wasn't as they hoped it would be, you do remember those um, as well. Uh, but if you were to ask me, 
um, was my midwifery career or the Bake Off the best experience of my life? I really couldn't actually answer that because whilst Bake Off was absolutely brilliant, being a midwife was absolutely brilliant as well. Loved every second. Both great in very different ways, really. Exactly. No point putting one against the other as such. And how did you get into midwifery in, in the first place? I trained as a general nurse. Um, in those days, you had to be a general nurse before you were a midwife and then... I trained as a general nurse in Poole Hospital, which was then a brand new um, super, super hospital, and then went to London to Queen Charlotte's Maternity Hospital, which doesn't exist anymore. It's been amalgamated into one of the other hospitals, and just found I just loved midwifery. The very first baby I saw being born, oh, I shall cry in a minute, <laughs> was just the most wonderful experience, and every single one after that. Uh, this little bump turns into this little wriggly human being and it's the most beautiful thing in the world. Um, mm. So, yes, very, very lucky. Yeah, because I'm not a father myself, hopefully touch with in the future will have that incredible sort of privilege really and experience. But it must be to deliver someone else's baby and have that responsibility and sort of share a little bit with them and get them through what can be a, a very sort of challenging oh, process. Absolutely. It's just incredible. It doesn't really compare to Baker in that sense because that's just... <laughs> I, when you look at it in black and white, that is completely off the scale. I think, I think the day that your baby is born is, is one of the most exciting days. Um, it's also one of the most painful days you're going to experience in your life. But I think as a midwife, you can get people through that and hope that they have a, a wonderful experience. Um, of course, being recognised in the street for Bake Off is, is one thing. But often I've bumped into mothers and oh, their wow. children. And their children may be, actually some of them are now in their 40s, but earlier on when they were in their 20s, Perhaps it could even happen to you. Your mom, you're out with your mother and you, you meet somebody in the street and she'll say to you, you don't know who this is, do you? And my stock answer to that was, I am the first person in the world that you saw. <laughs> and so they look as if to say, what are you talking about? I've never seen you in my life. And then you say, I'm the midwife who caught you. <laughs> and so it's just lovely. Fantastic. And um, I feel like everyone, hopefully, or definitely the overwhelming majority of people, really in the last sort of 18 months, two years of sort of had praise for the NHS. It's really brought the attention of the incredible work it does across the field. And I'm sure you completely agree with that and feel like you can, we can never give the NHS enough praise and credit for what it does for all of us. I think one of the best bits about the lockdown was the clapping for the NHS on Thursday evenings. And I think it brought everybody together uh, in communities and everything else in a uh, just a group feeling of gratitude to all the people that work in the NHS. I think my, all my family have worked in NHS one part in one part or another. Um, my older niece is still in NHS. She's worked at Bournemouth Hospital, and um, they are all working just incredibly hard to just get over this this pandemic. In my life, originally, I thought, gosh, there hasn't really been any major event. We've never had a, a world war. We've never had anything at all. Maybe I've had quite a boring sort of little time. Oh no! Mm. And then comes along a pandemic, and you have no idea how it's going to affect each and every one of us in so many different ways. Uh, but particularly the NHS staff who work so hard and uh, and it is very very emotionally trying uh, but we will get through this get your vaccine we will get through this and uh, we will come out at the other end as with all big things we always do and that's a fantastic note to end on and I'm hopefully as everyone stay safe while you're listening to this and um, as Mary says if you can get your jab and we will all get through it together. Thank you for your time, Maggie. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. Thank you so much for coming. It's been great fun. Should we have some tea and cake now? Oh, yes. Right. End the recording. Let's get a cake in. 
That concludes the seventh episode of the Echo Dispatch. I have to say Maggie's sweet treats went down extremely well back at the office. I hope you enjoyed learning a little bit about the Bake Off experience. This podcast is available on a number of major podcast platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music and Google Podcasts. Please let me know your thoughts on the series and anyone you would like to be interviewed by emailing me on jason.lewis at bournemouthecho.co.uk. Thanks for listening and bye for now. The Echo Dispatch with Jason Lewis.